Hello, everybody. Welcome to First Baptist Church on your Sunday morning. So glad you're with us. Uh, we love being able to do this with y'all and continue to meet uh, through uh, online platforms, namely Facebook, I guess, is what, where, we're, uh, uh, where we're on right now. I just, uh, we love you, and we wanted to communicate that to you, just let you know we love you, we're praying for you, we're thinking about you, and uh, we have uh, some awesome, awesome, awesome things to talk about today, or I have some awesome things to talk about today, so um, I'd love it if you would bow your head and join me in prayer as we get started. Lord, we love you. God, we ask you, Lord, as we humbly approach you, Lord, to help us today to understand who you are, God, and what you've done through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God, help us with understanding, Lord. Help me with my speech. Help me with understanding and wisdom, God. And give us all ears to hear, Lord, and eyes to see the truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to start today in, in Hosea chapter 1 in, uh, in your Bible. So you should find that in between Daniel and Joel, or Joel, however you want to say that. And I want to talk about the resurrection today in a bit of a different way than we typically do. Namely, uh, I'm going with a different piece of scripture today, and this is, uh, this is Hosea, as I've said, and it's going to be uh, very, very eye-opening for us, I'm hoping, and is, it was for me as, as I was studying and preparing. So my hope is that this would prove to be fruitful for you. Uh, this, this would be fruitful, fruitful for all of us, really, right? And, and really put into context what the resurrection of Jesus Christ is and what it means for us, right? What, what, what does it mean? And so uh, we, we want to know that, and so we're going to get in here today. So if you would, in Hosea chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 1. The, Lord, the word of the Lord which came to Hosea, the son of Beeri, during the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. When the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take to yourself a wife of harlotry, and have children of harlotry, for the land commits flagrant harlotry, forsaking the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son." Now I want to stop there for a moment. In Hosea chapter 1, the Lord tells Hosea to take a wife of harlotry. A wife of harlotry. He says that the, the people, the people, and this would extend to us, right? We are the people. But specifically then in that, uh, in that context, at that time, he says that the people are committing great evils by committing adultery and forsaking his word um, and forsaking his word. He's, he's calling the world, he's calling his people back to himself here, okay? And I want you to know that, that whenever the, the Lord, um, whenever the Lord sends anything to the earth that, 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 that does any kind of harm to anyone, it's also that his people can come back to himself and they can see him for who he really is and know that he's in control and he hasn't left the throne, Okay. So he says that the people are committing great evils by forsaking his word and he's calling the world, his people, he's calling his people back to himself and he wants to give his prophet a task that would be the symbol of life by which he will offer his children peace and salvation once and for all. And that's what we're seeing here. In fact, the name Hosea, the name Hosea means salvation. How incredible is that? The name Hosea means salvation. Interestingly, there would be another who would live whose name would be similar to that. Instead of meaning salvation, it would mean savior or the deliverer. And that man's name is Jesus. That man's name is Jesus. 
Hosea would be a type of Christ that the Lord would give us that would shine light into the current state of the nation of Israel at this time in history and then would shine light even into the future when the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, would come back into the world or would come into the world, right, but would come to save his people and would call them to himself. He comes to our rescue, Jesus does. The amazing thing about this story is the fact that God brings Hosea into his suffering. He brings him along for the ride of the struggle in life. And God experiences unfaithfulness at the hands of the people that he created all the time. He created them to be with him and experience all that he is. And he created a people who would live and bring glory to his name. But they rebel, as we all do. We rebel against God. The very people that God made. He, he made me, he made you, and we rebel against him still. And we leave him in the night and go off and worship other gods just like the people of Hosea's time did. They gave their lives to other people and they commit adultery against the one God of all creation who made them all. But God brings his man Hosea to himself and invites Hosea into his own suffering. You see, because Hosea listens to the Lord and takes a woman named Gomer to be his wife. Now they have children, the Lord teaches Hosea about the people of Israel and about his great love through this marriage of Hosea and Gomer. Now Hosea chapter 1 says that they are children of harlotry, which, which suggests that, that, they are, that they're not even his children, they're not even Hosea's children. And soon enough after weaning her last child or their last child, she leaves him, Gomer leaves and she goes back to the life that she knew before she met Hosea. She goes back to the slums, to the streets, to be with other men. And Hosea lets her go. And this is much like the Lord allowing us to go out into the world and see what the world has to offer, see what the world is all about. He'll let us choose the wrong things at times. Think about the story of the prodigal son who leaves his family, asks his father for his inheritance so he can go out and experience life in the world. God allows us to do these types of things. And even like the first man and woman in the Garden of Eden chose the wrong thing and ate from the tree that the Lord told them not to eat from, the Lord allows us to make choices that are going to do harm to us. We go out into the world, all of us do, and all of a sudden, we forget where we've come from. And this is one of the dangers of going out into the world and seeking our own answers. And seeking the answers of the world, really, is that we forget. We forget that the God of all creation is our Father. We, we forget where we've come from. We, we forget the family that we're supposed to belong to. We forget all these things because we go out into the world and then we get the blinders and the veil put over our eyes so that we can't see the truth anymore. All of a sudden, we get into the suffering of life and we find that out there where we thought we were going to find life, we've actually lost it. And then we find that though there are momentary pleasures in life, these momentary pleasures, y'all, they, they, they leave us wanting. We still want, and we want, and we want because they are not satisfying to the soul. And when the thrills that we seek have run out, when we find that we have no hope because we had placed hope and meaning in things and people rather than finding them in God, then we find out that we've made the wrong decision. And hopefully, in that place of desperation, 
we come back to God. We come to him once and for all. So this is how chapter 2 plays out. And, and then he says this. Hosea 2, starting in verse 19. I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in loving kindness and in compassion. And I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. Then you will know the Lord. It will come about in that day that I will respond, declares the Lord. I will respond to the heavens and they will respond to the earth. And the earth will respond to the grain, to the new wine and to the oil. And they will respond to Jezreel, I will sow her for myself in the land. I will also have compassion on her who had not obtained compassion. And I will say to those who were not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. Now, I want you to pay special attention to verse number 23 and keep that in mind. In verse 23, he says, I will sow her for myself in, in the land. Now, what can he mean that he will sow her for himself in the land? We're going to get back to that, okay? So God wants to redeem her, right? He, he lets her go out, lets her, lets her experience hardship, and, and he lets the pleasure run out in her life so that he can show her that, that, it, 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 that everything that, that, that means anything in life has always come from him and it always will come from him. But he lets her go out. He lets her experience that. Hey, listen, I know what that life is like. And that life does not have the answers. Because I, like, like, like she, was left wanting, like the prodigal son, I was left wanting, looking for the answers in life and never being able to find them. Because I wasn't looking to God for those answers. And then Hosea gets another word from God telling him to go and take her back. And this is in Hosea chapter 3. So go there with me, uh, please. Hosea 3 and verse 1. And then the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by her husband, yet an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the sons of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love raisin cakes. So I, brought, so I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a half of barley. And then I said to her, you shall stay with me for many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man. So I will also be toward you. For the sons of Israel will remain for many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar and without ephod or household idols. And afterward, the sons of Israel will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and they will come trembling to the Lord and to his goodness in the last days. What strikes me so powerfully is, is that Hosea is commanded by the Lord to go back and take his, his bride back in, in the most destitute places of the city, and he listens. Y'all... God asks us to do things that are hard to do. But I assure you, if you listen, he will be with you. And that's all that we need. We need to know that. We need to know he will be with us as we go. Because it's scary to go. It's scary to, 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 to follow the command of the Lord even into the unknown or, or, or even into places where we've been wronged or hurt and feel that, and know that we've been wronged or hurt. Hosea had, had been, he had been wronged, he had been hurt, 
But he's listening to God as well when God says, go and take her back. It's not always easy to follow God, y'all. Because sometimes it goes against, well, it's always going to go against our flesh. The things that we know, that we think are true, the way that we think we should respond based on either the way that we were raised or the way that the world does things or the way that uh, television or whoever, you know, news personalities say that we're supposed to react. We end up reacting those ways. But I submit to you that if you have the reaction of God in your heart because you are wrapped up in the arms and the righteousness and the glory of Jesus Christ, you will react the way that you're supposed to and God will be with you as you go and take her back, just like Hosea. He knows it's gonna be hard, but in humility, and this is big, y'all, in humility, he goes, he goes, in humility, and that's what we need, because what holds us back from following the command of the Lord is usually pride. Don't be proud. See, pride has no place in our lives as Christians. We, we should remain humble, and we should remain um, in, in, a, in a posture of humility before the Lord with our heads bowed, our faces to the ground, just as every prophet that sees the Lord, they fall into their face and they tremble at his feet. Why? Because he's so good and because we're so different than he is. Pride has no place with us, Christian. Pride has no place in your life and in your heart and in your family. Remain humbled at the feet of Jesus Christ and he will be with you. And he will bring you, and show, bring you to new life and show you how new that life really is. So he obeys the command of the Lord and he goes in search of his bride, Hosea does. He, he knows that she's been bad. He, he, knows, he knows all this. He knows she's been unfaithful. That's a hard one, y'all. He knows she's not acting right. He knows that her heart is not where it should be but he still pursues her. He pursues her anyway, because it's what God told him to do. It's just so special, y'all, to read a story about somebody who obeys the command of God, no matter how hard it is, and no matter how difficult life gets. But I tell you that if we can listen to God, he will be with us, and he will give us the strength to go out and do whatever it is that he's asking of us, whatever it is he's asking us to do. You know, scholars believe that, uh, that Hosea finds Gomer on the auction block and that she's being sold into, into sex slavery. But she didn't belong to them. She didn't belong to the buyers. And she didn't belong to the seller. She belonged to Hosea. She was his wife. And a marriage between a man and a woman is incredibly special to God because it is a picture of the marriage of the bridegroom and the bride, Jesus Christ and the church. She belonged to Hosea, she was his wife, but no matter who he knew her to be, someone else at this point thinks that she belongs to them. And so now she's for sale. And it's so amazing that we get this picture and that, uh, because I mean, she was just going out to enjoy life, wasn't she? She was just going out to, to, to have some fun. She was just going out. Hey, listen, I, I don't want this life that you got for me, Jose. I need something else. And this is all of our story when we, when we shirk the commands of God, when we put them to the side and we follow our own desires, the desires of the flesh. This is all of our story. 
That we all go astray. We've all, all gone astray. And she's just out enjoying life. How how did things get this bad? And that's all of our story too, is we're just out trying to enjoy life and we're we're trying to find answers. We're trying to have some fun. We're trying to do all these kinds of things. How does it get this bad? For some of you, you've gone away from God and now find yourself in a place where you think, why, how how was How has it gotten this bad? Come back to the Lord. Follow him. And he will be with you. She went out on her own terms. And God let her see how bad it can get. All of a sudden she finds herself for sale. But God doesn't want her to stay there. No matter how bad she's been. He doesn't want her to stay there because that's not the life that he has for her. That's not what he intended for her. And I want to submit to you that the life that you are living outside of Christ, God has not made you for that life. He's made you for himself. So come to God and believe in him. Believe in Jesus Christ for salvation. And he will be with you. I assure you, I promise you, If you call on the name of Jesus, the Bible says that he will be there. So God doesn't want her to stay there no matter how bad she's been. And he pursues her. He runs to her to rescue her. You see, Hosea Hosea pays for what is already his. Whatever it takes, he pays for what is already his. I don't want you to miss that truth. Hosea is paying for what already belongs to him. No matter what it takes, do you not think that your Lord knows this type of love? It's very dear to him. He so loved the world that he sent his only son into that same world that he created to be despised and rejected by the very people he created so that he could pay for what was already his. So he could pay for what was already his, his bride, church. He came to save us from our unfaithfulness, y'all. From our unfaithfulness, he came to save us. This is the power of the cross. This is the power of the resurrection. He raises you from the ashes of life and the desolate places where you thought you would find answers. Where you've been burned and where you've scorned the Lord so that you can be with him. So you can be with him because he knows how lovely his presence is and he wants that for you. Y'all, God wanting his own glory is good for us because God's glory is perfection. God's glory is bliss. It's love. It's comfort. It's compassion. It's generosity. It's mercy. It's grace. It's faithful. This is God's presence. He knows how good and perfect he is. And God wanting his own glory for us, right? Or God wanting his own glory and for us to glorify him is the best thing for us because then we get wrapped up into all of that. The love, the compassion, the grace, the faithfulness, all of that, we get wrapped up into it. It is the best thing for you and it is the most excellent destination for us once and for all. God does this in humility Because it's part of his great love that though we are sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. And that's all of us. 
He does so gladly. He does so in humility. He comes into a world that he created amongst the people he created and begs them to come back to him. Will you come to Jesus? He does so sacrificially on the cross and then is raised by the power of the Holy Spirit from the grave. He goes to his death humbly and is raised in glory. Think about that. In humility, he goes to his death and is raised in glory. The Lord came into a world that, he, that was already his and he paid to bring us back from the one that we had sold ourselves into slavery to. Christ came running he came running to rescue his people from slavery. Are you one of those that's being rescued? We are being sold to the highest bidder by the enemy who wants your soul to bow down to him. He wanted Jesus to do it in the desert in Luke 4, and he wants you to do it today. Don't. Don't ever submit to the world. Don't ever submit to the yoke of slavery that is the law and a work salvation. Don't ever submit to the enemy. Don't do it. Give your life to Jesus Christ and be wrapped up in eternity forever. You see, I'm not speaking about any uh, uh, specific sin here today. I mean, I know we're talking about specific sins when we talk about Gomer and Hosea. But we are speaking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the resurrecting power of God because of our faith in Jesus Christ to save us from whatever sin it was. Open your arms to your rescuer, to your Jesus who comes with open arms to receive his bride. He came to save us from the penalty that all of our sin had placed upon us so that we would not die, but through him we would live forever. Y'all, the reason I say I'm not speaking of any particular sin here is because, you know, we can get wrapped up thinking, oh, we're just talking about adultery. We're not. We're, we're talking about any sin. All sin is wrong, whether it's lying, cheating, stealing, addiction. But God does not want you to stay there. He comes to rescue you in the wilderness of life from the darkness and bring you into the light. He comes to rescue you, to bring you to himself where there is no darkness at all. In the resurrection, we find a Lord who comes to give his people a chance at life. He calls you out of the darkness. He calls you into the wilderness. He tests you, and then he refreshes you and saves you. He's calling his people to himself in such an amazing way that it took the blood of the one and only Jesus Christ in order for us, the sinless one, Jesus, to enter into Salvation, to enter into eternity, it took the blood of the one and only Jesus. The one who was born to a young virgin girl named Mary, he would enter into the world, he would take on flesh, he would live out his purpose in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation and wicked generation of people that he created and then be despised and rejected by these very people and sacrifice himself because he would be despised and rejected to the point of death on a cross. And then God would sow the body of Jesus Christ into 
the tomb a perishable seed so that it could be raised imperishable. Remember I asked you to hold on to that verse, verse 23 of Hosea 2. The Lord said he would sow her into the land for himself. Well, what is the body of Jesus Christ but the church? Interestingly as well, the name Gomer. The name Gomer means complete. I want you to listen to this here. We get a picture of what it's going to be like when the Lord of salvation comes back for his bride in the book of Revelation, when all will be complete and we will be with him for eternity. You see, the story of Hosea, which means salvation, and Gomer, which means complete, is a story of complete salvation. A story of the Lord of Israel. A story of Christ and the church. A story of resurrection from the ashes and the keys to the kingdom. Y'all, this is our story. This is our story. We who have faith in Jesus Christ as Lord are sown into the ground. We are sown into the land of perishable seed and raised imperishable seed, as the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15. And for the Christian, our bodies are sown in dishonor because they are stained with the sin of our lives, what we've been dealing with throughout the course of our lives. And then they are raised in glory with Jesus, the resurrection for the Christian. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Don't lose hope. Because no matter how bad it gets, Jesus is still there. He's still alive, and he's still God, and he's still calling you to be with him. And once you're his, he will never let you go. He will be with you. Don't lose heart, Christian. Don't lose heart. Be hopeful that this life is not the end of life. You see, if this life was the end, y'all, straight up, if this life was the end, then I would have a really crummy God. If I believed in God my whole life and, and this life was it, that was it. Everything just goes black. And nothing after this. Crummy God. Terrible God. But that's not the God I believe in. Because the God I believe in gives me hope that this life is not the end. That once I close my eyes in this life, boom, I'm going to open them up and I'm going to be face to face with Jesus. I'm going to be in his presence because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We are going to be present with the Lord in glory. And that's the hope for the believer. That's the hope for the Christian. So don't lose heart. Instead, have hope and faith that Jesus Christ is who he says he is and that he's coming back for his bride to take us to himself so that we would be with him forever. Your Lord is calling you out from a life of unfaithfulness to him. And you need to know that your Lord has a hope for you that you even have trouble, like you even have trouble having that hope for yourself. God, his purpose is more powerful than what we think of ourselves. And thank God for that. Because I tell you what, I thought very little of myself when I came to Jesus. But it was the fact that I thought little of myself that allowed me to be humbled at the feet of the one who all of a sudden I thought much of because the, my, the eyes of my heart had been opened to him. 
as God offered the free gift of salvation, salvation by grace through faith in Jesus. He's calling you out of yourselves. He's pressing on you to see yourself and to see others the way that he sees you. Y'all, give people a chance, okay? Give yourself a chance, all right? Forgive others the way that Jesus has forgiven you. Don't be fooled into thinking that other people don't deserve this same kind of forgiveness that we've already enjoyed. Don't get fooled into thinking that other people, that they shouldn't have the resurrection life like we have the resurrection life. Don't get fooled into thinking that. Allow others to be resurrected in your minds and hearts to the point of glorifying your God in heaven for the work that he's doing. Tell people about Jesus. Tell them all, your family, the people you work with, the people at the grocery store, the people at the park when we're able to get back together. Tell everybody you know about Jesus. The most loving thing we could ever do for anybody in this life is to share the life-saving message of the gospel of Jesus Christ so that people wouldn't be chained to this world and go to the dust and be destroyed forever, but so that when they go to the dust, they will be alive with Jesus Christ in his presence forever and that we would all be one together for eternity. Y'all, we don't want anybody, anybody to die in this world not knowing Jesus Christ. The most loving thing you could do, love on them with the gospel, y'all. Love on them. Because we don't know, we don't know how much time we've got. We don't know. And there's an anxiety in this world right now that maybe we have less time than we thought we might have. Because of this global pandemic, people in the world and the church saying, oh, these are the signs of the times. Christ is going to come back. I don't know that. What I do know is that Jesus Christ offers you the free gift of salvation by grace through faith that if you believe in Jesus as Lord, if you give your life to him, that you will be saved forever. Love your family with this message. Love them. And don't worry about how it sounds. God will show you the way. Love them. You see, Jesus is not dead. Jesus is not dead, y'all. He's risen. He's risen and he is the God of the living. So tell them all. Tell them all about him. And he will be with you. Be raised to new life. Be his and live the resurrection life today and every day for the rest of eternity. Let your life in eternity with God begin new today. Be reborn be a reborn heart, sold out for the Lord of glory, Jesus Christ. The one whose name means Savior. So that you would be saved and brought close and that we would be with him for eternity. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead after three days. After three days. Raised. The message so unbelievable that some of the disciples had to run and go see for themselves that the body was gone. Believe it, because they've seen it. And as witnesses of Jesus Christ, we believe and we have seen, because of our faith, the power of God resurrecting us from the ashes of this world that's going to pass away 
that we would be reborn and made new through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I love you. I hope you enjoyed today. I hope you enjoy the rest of the day. I hope you would have joy into eternity. I pray that, that you would love God as much as you can today. I pray that you would know that there's a possibility that we could not see tomorrow, a possibility that we could not see tonight. So love God with everything you've got now, here, today. Let's pray. God, I pray, that, I pray that you would love us, Lord, the way you always have, and that we would feel and, and, and know that love, Lord, in our minds and in our hearts, in our bodies, that we would know it, Lord, that love that you have for us, that great love that would come to buy us, Lord, out of slavery, out of slavery, Lord, that come to buy us out of slavery, that you would pay the ultimate price and redeem us, Lord, to give us a new life in glory with you. God, we glorify you. We are humbled in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.